We'll let the kids, they can go out the back. We'll let them go out the back this time. All right, let me say that again. Happy New Year. Year. All right. Seems like it's been a year since I've seen you guys. And uh, hard. we got to get used to writing 2022 now, right? Yeah? How many of you guys, you guys look tired. You look exhausted. Have you been just got partied out or what? Is that what it is? Too much uh, partying? Too much... We just confessed our sins. Man, you must be really exhausted then. <laughs> Depending on who you are, right? Oh, my wife, she's probably really exhausted. That was a joke, all right? She's back in nursery. I feel safe, you know? She'll find out later, and then I'm in big trouble, right? So we're going to start a new series. I, I'm going to keep it brief this morning. This is more of just an introduction. Uh, but as we begin this new year... Um, I'll tell you what we're not preaching on. A lot of churches, New Year, you know what they, most churches like to preach on? Begin the year, stewardship, money, give your money. How many of you ever experienced that? You know what I'm talking about, all right? If you've been around, uh, most churches, that's what I find is it's, it's a new year and we're going to talk about stewardship and we want your money. Um, so I don't want to disappoint. So the new series is going to actually be on prayer, not on stewardship, all right? Um, and we're going to be in Luke chapter 11. And uh, I do think that this is a very important subject in the life of of a Christian. In fact, uh, a lot of Jesus' teachings were on the subject of prayer. We're going to see here in in just a moment in Luke 11. I think just for the sake of time, we'll just look at verses uh, 1 through 4 this morning. We're just going to kind of introduce the series and introduce uh, just this topic. Uh, And we're going to actually use this passage for the next uh, four weeks As we look at the Lord's teaching on prayer, because it's interesting, we're going to see here in a moment that Jesus was a man of prayer and that he prayed. Uh, When he was finished praying, we're going to notice that his disciples, they said, will you please teach us how to pray? And so we're going to look at Jesus's teaching on prayer, on how to pray. What did Jesus say about prayer and uh, in the importance of prayer? So let's uh, jump right in Luke chapter 11. And we're going to read verses 1 through verse number 4. Notice what happens here. It says, One day Jesus was praying in a certain place or a specific place. And when he was finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Lord, teach us how to pray. How should we pray? And then notice what they said, just as John, okay, John the Baptist, just as John, he taught his disciples to pray. And he said to them, when you pray, I like this. He didn't say if you pray. He said, when you pray. He didn't say if, he said when. He said, when you pray, say, Father, or our Father who art in heaven. Matthew records it that way. But he says, you say, Father, okay, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us, and lead us not into temptation. We won't take time this week, we'll look at it next week, but then he goes into a story. Jesus tells a story about a man and his friend, and he continues his teaching on prayer. In fact, it goes all the way down to verse number 13. We'll, for the sake of time, look at those next week. But we're going to look for a few weeks at this passage of Scripture at prayer 
And I do believe that this is vitally important. I hope and pray that in this new year, in 2022, that this will be a year uh, that you spend time with God in prayer. Let me just say this prayer is not spooky. Uh, Prayer is simply talking to God, okay? Uh, It is us having a communication and communicating with God. Obviously, God speaks through his word. God speaks through his spirit. Sometimes God uses other people. Uh, to, to speak into our lives, but how do we talk to God? And that's really what we see here. Jesus spoke to his father. He talked to his father. It was an open line of, of communication. And he, he prayed, and one day they said, Lord, teach us to pray. So before we start, I think it's important that we pray, okay? Uh, because that is very important, that we pray and ask God to help us. I promise to be brief this morning. But I do pray that it's very precise and on point. Let's pray. Lord, I pray you bless your word. Help us. Oh, Father, I pray that you would teach us, Lord, through your word, through the teachings of Jesus Christ, how to have an effective prayer life, how important this is. If we get nothing else this week, I pray that we would just see that that prayer is so vital. It is so important in the life of a Christian. I pray that we would throw away any traditions and just maybe even misconceptions of what we think prayer is. I pray that, Father, we would look simply at the teaching of Jesus Christ when his disciples said, Lord, will you teach us how to pray? We want to be able to pray like you pray. And then you taught. May we take your word and your teachings. There's no greater one who could teach us about prayer than the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And so we pray you'd bless your word. I pray you bless, Lord, these next few weeks. I pray that each person that hears your word, that we would be equipped in this area. How important it is. Oh, it is so important that we truly do know how to pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let me ask you, do you think that these disciples had at least some type of relationship with God, would you agree that they did? Would you agree? I mean, they were following Christ. They gave up everything. They gave up their, their professions. They, they gave up their businesses, and they were following Christ. And these were men who truly had a heart for God. Would you agree with that? Is that something we could all agree with? Yes. But isn't it interesting that, and you got to understand that these were people who prayed, These were men who already prayed. It was a part of their life. It was a part of their being. Do you remember in the story of Daniel? What did Daniel do? Numerous times throughout the day, he would open up his windows, right? And he would face towards Jerusalem. And what did he do? He'd face towards the homeland. And what did he do? He fell on his face and he prayed. We see all through the scriptures, all through the word of God, that God's people prayed and that these were disciples. They grew up, follow me now, they grew up believing in God. They, they, they called out to God. They sacrificed and they prayed. But isn't it interesting, but they, even though they were men who already prayed, they said, Lord, what did they say? Teach us how to pray. So is it possible that maybe even you and I could be like these disciples that maybe although we do pray and we, we believe in prayer and all those things that maybe there are some things that we can learn maybe in this series that we can maybe learn from the teachings of Jesus how to be more effective in our prayer. Could we agree with that? That that's a possibility? Amen? Is that not a possibility? 
That maybe even sometimes some of our prayer and prayer life is just kind of tradition and it's just maybe what we've always done and what we, what we do, but maybe, maybe not even necessarily something that Jesus taught. So I want us to come in with a very open mind, an open heart. I'm not saying that I'm going to say things that you've never heard before. Maybe it's just being reminded of some things. Maybe there will be some things that, that will be helpful. I pray that it will. But just because we've always prayed doesn't mean that we can't have a richer and deeper prayer life. Am I tracking this morning? And so they said, Lord, teach us to pray. I find it interesting because Jesus did many things. You know, when we study the scriptures, Jesus performed miracles. He had done many great and mighty things, and he was able to cast out demons. In fact, right after this teaching, if you read in this chapter, he casts out a demon, and then he's criticized for it. And so what I'm emphasizing is this, that Jesus had power. Jesus had authority. He was a great speaker. He was a great teacher. He was a great preacher, and he was a man who could perform miracles. But nowhere in the scripture do we see the disciples say, Lord, teach us how to teach. Or Lord, teach us how to preach. Or Lord, teach us how to cast out demons. Teach us how to do miracles. No, can I tell you something? It is this, is they realized that the source of the power that Jesus Christ had was a direct correlation to the fact that he was a man of prayer and that when Jesus spoke to the father, he was able to do supernatural things. Are you with me? Before he ever fed the multitudes, what did it say that the scripture says? That Jesus, first of all, prayed and he gave thanks to God and he gave God glory for what he was about to do. Are you with me this morning? And so when he began to pray, he saw, the disciples saw that God moved and God worked. We don't see anywhere else, in fact, that I know of, we don't say them saying, Lord, teach us anything. The only time I see, there may be other things. Now, they asked about when will the end be. But as far as asking Jesus Christ to teach them something, this was the one thing that the disciples said, Lord, teach us. Because what they realized was that the prayer life of Christ is what, what, was, what was empowering him to do what he did. Can I tell you something? If you're going to have victory in your Christian life and victory over the enemy and victory over the evil one, we must be men and women and people of prayer. It is so important. It was one of our spiritual weapons that we have. There are only a couple of weapons that we have, and this is one of them, and we need to make sure that we understand the importance of prayer. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. It's so important. Prayer is so important. Elijah prayed, the Bible says, and he stopped the rain for three and a half years. He prayed again and God opened the heavens and sent the rain. Joshua prayed and the Bible says he stopped the sun and the moon is what the scripture says for a space of one day. Hezekiah prayed and God moved the sundial backwards and God gave him an extra 15 years. I might do that when I'm in my 90s, amen? (laughs) 
My dad is getting older, and he said, boy, I don't understand these people. He said, I don't understand these people. The older I get, the more I hurt, the more pain and sorrow and suffering. He says, I don't get these people who want to live to be 120. He says, I just want to go to heaven, you know. Hurts too bad. Samson prayed, and God gave him strength. Jesus prayed all the time, and God empowered him. And God used him. If Jesus was a man of prayer, then how much more should you and I spend time in prayer? Prayer is so important. Prayer moves the hand that holds this world. You know, there's a lot about the philosophy of prayer, but there's a lot of times just just no practice of prayer. I promise you this, if you were to go to a bookstore, there'll be shelves and shelves and shelves of books on prayer. And can I just tell you something? Yeah, it's good to get equipped and all of those things. But can I tell you something? The biggest, the biggest sin when it comes to prayer is simply this, is that God's people just don't pray. They just don't do it. They spend very little time and effort in prayer. Jesus tells us in another teaching that men ought always to pray and not quit. Paul says to pray without ceasing. It means to always be in a state of prayer. I may have told you this story before, but I want to reemphasize it. It was Charles Haddon Spurgeon, who was considered one of the prince of preachers, one of the greatest of preachers. And literally God used him in a tremendous way. And he was a man of prayer. I think I told this story how underneath where he would preach there in London, underneath there at the uh, uh, Metropolitan Tabernacle, there was usually around 100 to 120 people praying for him while he was up preaching the word. We need to get 120 people underneath this platform somehow, all right? You're like, yeah, we need it. I Now I know why he was called the Prince of Preachers. Now, yes, he was a great orator and a great preacher and a great speaker. But man, if you have 120 people standing right below you preaching and literally lifting you up in prayer, wow. No wonder God used him tremendously. But many, he had a, he had a school and he trained preachers and teachers. And they, they began to question him about his prayer life. And they asked him this question, how long do you spend in prayer? And I love these words as I read the, the writings of Spurgeon. He said this, I rarely remember a time where I spent more than 15 minutes in prayer. And they all were kind of shocked. And almost began to almost judge him. He says, but before you judge me, I can rarely remember a time where I've gone more than 15 minutes without praying. You see, prayer is not, understand this, there are times we do get on our knees and we get on our face before God. But I don't know about you, but I love this. I love the fact that we can talk to God at any time, at anywhere, under any circumstance. Isn't that awesome? When you're driving down the road, and by the way, can I tell you something? You can pray with your eyes open, okay? And I would recommend it when you're driving. In fact, I know I'm going to probably make some enemies here. I still haven't found that verse in the Bible where it says you have to close your eyes. Now, maybe it's in there. Maybe I missed it. 
Now, we understand we say bow our heads, but the idea was simply this, was that we, and we're going to see in a moment, it's an adoration, it's a time of worship, and so I understand we bow, but can I say this, we, we can talk to God, whether we're standing up, sitting down, driving a car, eating, you know, whatever it is that we're doing, can I remind you of something, that God is with us, that as a follower of Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God lives in you, you are never alone, He's always with you, and you can talk to him at any time, at any place, under any circumstance. That is awesome. Amen. I pray all the time, always in prayer, especially right before a workout. The older I get, oh, Lord, please give me strength. (laughs) You guys might know this, but I'll do the workouts with the team. You know, I'll work out with them and I'll be like, Lord, help me to bring it today. Lord, I need your strength. I want I need to bring it. I want to bring it because I want to show these youngins that I can still whoop them so they won't talk back to me. And so I'll pray, God, give me strength. But we can pray at any time. And you say, well, that's not biblical. Well, Samson prayed and he pushed down the pillars. So I can pray to lift a few dumbbells. Amen. Prayer is important. Samuel, the high priest, said it would be a sin if you were not to pray. The Bible says praying always with all prayer and supplication. We're to always be in a state of prayer. The disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. And so he takes this passage of scripture and we're going to unpackage this and break this down in a few weeks. But let's just look at just one quick thought. Just a few minutes here. Because he says, when you pray, not if you pray, but when you pray, he says, say this. We won't look at every single one of these, but I do want to just emphasize. He then says this. He says, pray this. Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. And then he gives a story, a parable. We'll look at that a little bit more next week. But what we have here is this, what I call the model prayer. Now let me emphasize something. Jesus is not saying make this a prayer that you just chant. All right? Now look with me in Matthew chapter 6. We'll put the verses up here. But in Matthew chapter 6... When you notice what Jesus says, it's the same teaching, it's the same model prayer, worded a little differently, Matthew. Notice what Matthew says. This was during the Sermon on the Mount. Listen to what he says, because this is so key, this is so important, okay? He says, notice again, when you pray. He didn't say if you pray, he says when you pray. Do you see it's expected that we are to be people of prayer, that we should be talking to God? He says, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. So he's going to tell us what not to do. For they love to pray standing and in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen of others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, there it is again, when you pray, do not keep on babbling. Like the pagans, some versions will say this. The King James Version will say this. Don't use vain or empty repetitions. I like that. Don't use just repetitious prayers. 
He says, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do you see that? Here's something that's interesting. You don't have to pray long when you pray. In fact, Jesus said, you can pray short prayers. Do not be like them. For your father knows what you need before you ask him. See, it can be short and sweet. Just like my sermons, amen? They can be short and sweet. Most of them. But what did Jesus say? He says, when you pray, not if you pray, when you pray, but when you pray, he says, and then he goes later and he says, our father who are in heaven, you know, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And he goes through this model prayer. What I really want you to understand is this is not a prayer that, that God intended when Jesus laid it out there. He did not say that I want you to just repeat this prayer and it's just a, a repetitious prayer that you just chant. I'm not trying to be mean here, but many times, much of our prayer lives is nothing more than just quoting something or, or just repeating something. There needs to be some passion and it needs to be heartfelt and we need to be talking to God. Prayer, if you get nothing else, prayer is this. It is us talking to God. How do we talk to our husbands and wives? How do we talk to our children? How do we communicate well, I'm going to tell you something, that if every day I woke up and I said something like this, good morning, Courtney, how are you this morning, Courtney? I hope you have a good day, Courtney. I'll see you later, Courtney. And that was it. And then later I come home from work or something, you know, or it's time for bed, because that's usually the way it is when we get up and when we go to bed on a good day. Come on now. Woo. <laughs> Good night, Courtney. It's a great day, Courtney. Have a good night's sleep, Courtney. I'll see you in the morning, Courtney. Good night, Courtney. Bye. You're like, that's just so cheesy. I know it is. It's stupid, right? Hello, how are you? I am doing fine. Can I tell you something? I'm not trying to be mean here. Or I love the other people who go the other way. Where when it's time to pray... Oh, I just love it. I've had a, a good friend of mine. Boy, uh, he, probably, he might even watch. You never know. I won't say who it is or how we're associated. But a good friend of mine, he went to, all of a sudden, he got really, really spiritual. And then when he would pray, he would even, like, change his voice. Like, he had, like, normal voice, but then he had praying voice. The super spiritual voice. You know what I'm talking about? God. And I was like, do you have something in your throat? Is there something? You got a little phlegm? Oh, God. I was like, you need a cough drop, dude. <laughs> you know, like, I'm going to sound mean here. I'm not trying to be mean. But when you hear some people pray, you know, it's, it's like they're, you know, like all of a sudden they're trying to talk to their professor or something. And they change how they talk and they change. Can I tell you something? God knows who you are, who we are. He knows everything about you. And God is a personal God, meaning he's an intimate God. He knows, he knows the hairs on your head or the hairs you don't have on your head. He knows how everything about you. Are you with me? He knows everything about you. You can't fool him. 
And he wants to, this is the amazing thing, that the God of the universe, the God who created everything, the God who holds everything together, the one who literally created you and made you unique and gave you a purpose and a plan for your life, he knows everything about you and he wants to have fellowship with you and communion with you and he wants to talk to you and he does through his spirit and through his word, but he wants you to talk to him. How awesome is that? That God even wants, that he'll give you his time. I think that is awesome, isn't it? That I can talk to God. So you don't have to like, oh God. Father of Abraham and Jacob and Isaac. Father of Jeroboam and Rehoboam and all them Boam boys. You can talk to God. And he gives this model prayer and he reminds us, don't pray with vain repetitions. Don't just chant. Don't pray with just vain and empty words. Meaning, don't just say the same memorized prayer. You can talk to God. The Bible says of Abraham in his prayer life, it says he spoke to God as a friend speaks to his friend. He was called the friend of God. And God is no respecter of persons. Amen. And you can talk to God. You can speak to him wherever you are, whatever you're going through, whatever your struggles are. Isn't that a beautiful thing? He says you can call out to him. You can call him father. Do you notice he says you've called him father in other passages, he says you can call him Abba, Father. Now, that sounds really deep and all these things. It literally means this. You can just say, hey, Dad. Hey, Dad. Isn't that awesome? We can just say, hey, Dad, what's up? When I call my dad, give him a call. I'm like, last week called him. Dad, what's going on? What's up? And he say, Dad. Father, how art thou? Where art thou, O Father? O the Father of all, the Father of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. I just say, hey, Dad, what's up? Josiah will do the same. My daughter will do the same. Sometimes not even, you know. Can I say this? Sometimes they'll get frustrated with me. Like once a year, they get frustrated with me. <laughs> you know, they'll voice their frustration. Can I say this? I look at the story of Job, and Job was voicing his frustration. Job is basically a whole book of Job talking to God and God talking to Job. You want to look at a prayer life? Look at that prayer. And Job's like, I don't get it. I don't understand it. Can I say this? That You know what? God already knows what you're thinking. He later says he already knows Remember, we've just read in Matthew, he says he already knows what you need, so you don't, have to, you don't have to go on with it forever. You can be short. You can tell God what it is. Are you with me? Isn't that awesome? And sometimes you can be frustrated and say, God, I don't get this. I don't understand this. And it's okay, because he's your father. Amen? And he wants to hear, and he wants to know. And so he says, when you pray, you say, Father. Now, let me emphasize, he does say this. He immediately starts to prayer. Hallowed be your name. And notice your kingdom come. 
Give us each day our daily bread. I don't see any new, brand new cars in there, new houses. Give us what we need, amen? Forgive us our sins as we forgive others. But he does say this, how would be your name? How would be your name? I mean, listen, listen to what Matthew Henry says, just briefly. He says this, how would be thy name? In his commentary, he says this, it's the same word that in other places translated sanctified or set apart. In these words, he says, we are to give glory to God. It may not be taken as a petition, but rather as adoration. That the Lord be magnified, that the Lord be glorified for God's greatness and for who God is. You see, we must, Henry says, we must begin our prayers with praising God. And it's very fit that he should be served first. And then we should give glory to God before we expect to receive mercy and grace from him. Let him have the praise and honor and glory. You see, when we pray, it ought to begin with praising and giving honor and glory and worship to him. How often do we start our prayers with, God, I want this, I need this, give me this, give me that. Now later, he does say, you can say, I have this need. And he says, you already know what you need before you ask. And we're going to see later, he does still want us to ask. Because how will you know if God's answering your prayer if you don't pray? And we'll cover a lot of those things and a lot of practical things. But can I just say this? As we begin this series on prayer, understand this. Do not miss this. You ready? Prayer is not about necessarily us. It's about him. You guys got that? Prayer is not necessarily just about us. It is about him. And he said this. When you pray, the first thing you should do is give honor and glory to God. Hallowed be your name. Give him praise. Give him honor. Give him glory. Years ago, a friend of mine who is a national, he's, he was born and raised in Lebanon. Born and raised when, in the wars and the fighting. I don't know if you remember years ago when Lebanon, there was the bombings and Beirut and all of those things. And he and his family had to flee Lebanon and they had a little place way out in the mountains. I'm talking way up in the mountains. You should look up some of the pictures. It's a beautiful place. The mountains of Lebanon are beautiful. In fact, the scriptures speak of what? The cedars, right? From Lebanon. And they used them to build, I think, the temple and various things. But he and his family had to flee into the mountains. And he is a believer and a follower of Jesus Christ. And, and now he does have a church and he is a pastor in Lebanon. And their church has been attacked and uh, they've had bombings around them. And I've seen him show, send me videos of literally looking out from his church on a sunny morning and there would be rockets landing and hitting. And this guy is, let me tell you, this man is a true follower of Jesus Christ and he loves God. And I had him come and speak to our church when I was pastoring in Missouri. And I'll never forget this. He got up and he was teaching on prayer. And if you get nothing else out of this, just listen to these words because it changed my prayer life. It changed the way I pray. In fact, you know, I was a pastor of a church and pastors are supposed to know everything, right? And he got up and he said this about prayer and praising God and adoration he said this. Oh, I loved it. He said, prayer is temporary, 
but praise is eternal. Do you understand that someday we will be in the presence of God and we won't need to pray, but there is something that we will always do for all eternity. And the Bible says that in the book of Revelation that we will cry out, holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty, and that we will praise him and give him honor and we will give him glory. Do you see why Jesus said, when you pray, you say, Father, hallowed be your name, that when we pray, it should always, it should always be included that we give God praise. Are you with me this morning? That we give him honor, that we give him glory for who he is to glorify God, to say, God, you are awesome. And it doesn't have to be forever. But when you start to pray, you should just say something like this, Father, Father in heaven, I love you. You are awesome. You are amazing. And just, I mean, when you, how could you not when you drive in this morning and you look at the beauty and you look what God created? Take a few moments to bring him honor and glory and to praise him. You say, why? Because you're practicing for eternity, all right? This is practice. This is practice for eternity and that we should get good at it. And Jesus said, when you pray, you want your prayers to be answered. They said, Lord, Lord, teach us how to pray because we know you know how to pray. How do you pray? And Jesus said, I'll tell you how I pray. When I pray, I start out with giving God praise. I honor him. I adore him. I give him honor. I give him glory. I I glorify him. And when you look at some of the prayers of Jesus, that's exactly what he does. And he says, God, I want you to be glorified. So prayer, yes, is about us asking and receiving from God. But prayer is us praising and honoring and glorifying him because we are practicing for eternity. It's what we're going to do for all eternity. There's going to be lots of other stuff. I don't know what all we're going to do in all eternity, but I know one part of it is we're going to be glorifying God. Amen? There's a whole lot in the Bible in the book of Revelation. Some people, I've had some people say, well, I don't know if I want to go to heaven. It's just just going to be so boring forever and ever and ever. I've actually had people say that. And I'm like, wow. The alternative is not very good. (laughs) Can't be, you know. The other place isn't any better. It's just going to be boring. Can I tell you something? The Bible says there's a new heaven and a new earth and a new Jerusalem, a city, the city of New Jerusalem, okay, which is like bigger than the entire Midwest, 1,600 like square miles. That's just one city. That's the new capital and a new heaven and a new earth. And you know what Jesus said? He said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And when I'm finished and when I'm done, I'm going to come back and bring you back. So God is preparing that place for us. And when you look in Revelation, it says in that new Jerusalem, in that new city, that there are those, and it says that the elders and the saints are praising God and we will glorify him. But there's also going to be this earth. Are you with me? There's a new heaven and a new earth. Can I tell you something? This blows my mind. This isn't even part of prayer, but I'm just giving it to you before we go home, okay? Because this blows my mind. How long did the Bible tell us that Jesus spent creating the earth? Six days on the seventh day he rested. Jesus said to his disciples over a couple thousand years ago, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And when I come, I'll come back. I'm going to receive you unto myself. 
from what I gather, he's still working on this thing. The earth that you and I see is the fallen down, broken, the part, the, the, the broken part after the flood. Like this is like the leftover, just this is just this is just the nasty stuff. This is the leftover stuff, okay, that we're looking at, that we get to experience. Can you imagine what heaven and the new earth and new heaven and new Jerusalem? The new Jerusalem streets of pure gold that you can see through. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah, we're going to praise God, but we're not going to be bored, okay? There's going to be baseball in heaven and all kinds of stuff. You say, no, there isn't. Yes, there is. It's in the Bible because the Bible says in Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created. There will be baseball. There will be sport, all kinds of stuff. Listen, there's wrestling in heaven. Jacob wrestled with the Lord. There will be sports in heaven. Of course, it's going to be the angels and the, you know, the devils or whoever. I don't know. Whatever. Versus the saints, okay? The angels versus the saints. There's, can I tell you something? Heaven's going to be awesome. We're going to spend all eternity. And you say, why are you going off on this and saying all this? What I'm saying is this, is that prayer is something we do temporarily here on earth. And it's so vitally important. But what you should be including in your prayer life when you pray and when you talk to God is to give him praise and to say, God, you are so awesome. And to have a spirit of gratitude and thank God for what he's doing in your life and what he's done for you. Amen. And be a grateful person and be appreciative and be thankful. And many times what we do when we pray, we just come to him and say, God, give me this. When what God deserves is for us to say, God, you are awesome. I praise you. I give you honor. I give you glory. Thank you for who you are and what you're doing in my life. And then we can say, okay, here's some needs that I have. My kids are really good at it. I'm done. But my kids are really good at it. I can tell when they want something. Right? Especially my, my 10, almost 11-year-old. Daddy, I love you. Daddy, I love you. Daddy, you're the best. You're so awesome, Dad. Can we stop at Dairy Queen? <laughs> sure. Okay, let's go. Dad, you don't look, you don't look as old as you are. You, you look younger. I know I'm serious. She'd be like, Dad, I love you. I've told you that three times today. I'm like, you're counting. All right. You want to go grab some French fries? You know, isn't that awesome? I mean, our kids do that, right? We don't, we don't think about that way, but, you know, we can do that with our Father in heaven, too. Amen? And he knows our heart. I get it. Don't be all super spiritual, like, oh, that's just, you're just teaching to me. Oh, that's just, God already knows our heart, guys. But isn't it interesting that he still said, do it anyway? Do it anyway. Give him honor. Give him glory. Praise him, adore him, honor him, and then say, okay, this is what I need. That's what, God, that's what Jesus said, and that's, by the way, that's how Jesus prayed. Now, we're going to take some more things the next few weeks. We're going to get practical. But I finish with this. Here's your, here's your homework. Just 
pray. All right, this week, just pray. Take some time to pray. And when you pray, here's part of the homework. Before you start asking, saying, God, I need this, God, I need that, take a few moments and give him praise, give him honor, and give him glory. And can I tell you something? You can see God move and God work. These are one of the weapons that God gave us, and we need to use it. It's how we fight the battles that we face every day. Can I just encourage you? Let's stand together. We're going to have a word of prayer. But let me remind you of something. When you're going through the battles, when you're going through the struggles, I want you to know that God is present. God is with you. He is there. And you can call out to him at any time. You don't have to have your head bowed. You don't have to have your eyes closed when you call out to God. You don't have to... Get on your knees. You could be driving your car. Wherever you are, God is present. He is there. Amen? And you can call out to him and you can pray. That's how we as believers fight our battles. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Mike, okay, cool. Well, in that case, my announcement voice for today. All right, so just a few announcements. If you open up your bulletin. The first announcement, loaves and, loaves and soup. So this is a new thing.